0: Hello and welcome back to Access All Areas podcast, proudly sponsored by CCFC Fan Store, your one-stop place for all unofficial CCFC merchandise, and our guest sponsor, CCFC Prints, the brilliant artwork delivered to your door. Follow them on Twitter to access their Etsy store. We're going back on our virtual tour via Club 92, once again flying solo, AD, sort your shit out, I need your back, mate, Um, and we go back to the seaside. We've had a couple of these where we've gone to the coast, we've been to Southampton, but we're going back up to the northwest West um, to a club we've got a midweek travel coming down um, to Coventry to place the Mighty Sky Blues. Um, and it's my pleasure to welcome others from the Seasiders podcast to talk all things Blackpool. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm very good, mate. Very, very good. Uh, enjoying life back in the championship and enjoying life oystering free.
0: I'm sure we'll get onto both of those points, but yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about bad owners in the EFL at the moment with all the stuff that's gone on with Reading and Derby and what have you, um, and it's nice, it's not us for a change, eh?
1: Yeah, very much so. I was going to say, uh, I think if any two sets of supporters can uh, empathise with each other, it's definitely Blackpool and Coventry.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%, um, you know. And I, 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 remember, I remember going back you know, to, to the times where the Austin was in charge and again, I'm sure we'll touch on this a, a bit later but some of the protests and some of the noise that was coming out of the club but it just the sympathy from Cov fans because again, we, we, we'd gone through it, it was just it was horrible uh, and we've got Reading after we play you guys we play Reading and obviously they're planning to protest the same day that we play them so we're trying our hardest to see where we can help out sort of thing um, because, you know, you know yourself as fans, you need to make sure your voices is heard. So anyhow, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that a little bit later. First and foremost, we want to find out about you. We want to find out about the Seasiders. Um, Northwest, hot of clubs. How did you get into supporting Blackpool?
1: Uh, trust me, if it wasn't for family links, it certainly wouldn't be by choice. Uh, no, just all my family are Blackpool fans. Dad's a Blackpool fan. Uh, my uncle's a, foot- a Blackpool fan um, we alternate going to games with each other at home every other week. One week I'll go with my dad, next week I'll go with my uncle. Uh, even my granddad is actually a Man United fan, to forgive him, he's actually originally from Manchester. He's not <laughs> one of those ones. But whenever my dad was working, fair play to my granddad. Uh, he took me to a lot of Blackpool games uh, when I was really young, uh, I got into football showing my age here after the uh, Italian 90 World Cup and um, yeah, I just really fell in love with football, Uh, watching England progress to the semi-final. I remember even as an eight-year-old trying my eyes out when England lost fanatism against Germany and uh, yeah, from then on I started the Blackpool games uh, the following summer. Uh, My first game as a Blackpool fan was at home at Rochdale. Uh, a pulsating nil nil draw <laughs> in the old Division 4, which, are, yeah,
0: pretty much for the next 31 years and a bit of hurt, to be honest. As I say, the you mean to go on, a deal, nil nil yeah. drawing, Rochdale of all clubs. Um, yeah. And I bet you it's still one of your favourite times going because uh, uh, we have this conversation all the time, you know, uh, Bluefield Road, right, I love it, I think it's a beautiful stadium. Fair has had a little bit of renovation recently. I, I was there earlier on this year. Um, Your fans for... are
1: outstanding, by the way. Probably the best fans we've had at Bloomfield over the season.
0: Thank you. Um, it, I'm, you know still, I'm
1: still very, very annoyed at that handball goal.
0: Hey, <laughs> to, be
1: fair, <laughs> to be fair, regardless of that, you did deserve to win that night.
0: Um, do you know what? It's one of the best atmospheres I've had in the away game. You know, we, we, we travelled well. We didn't stop singing all night. Um, I mean this with all due respect. I thought we battered just that night.
1: Oh, um, yeah, definitely.
0: It, it, it could have been four or
1: five. Um, I mean, to be fair, and I'm not just making excuses, I think the team you see next Tuesday will be a very, very different team from the start of the season. On. It took us until deadline day, um, early deadline day, sorry, the, the summer deadline day, to get any right backs at the club who we were mm. playing a central defender at right-back and a left-back at centre-back. It was pretty shambolic to begin with, but since we've got a pretty settled squad, we've been doing okay. And at the start of this season, if you'd offered me fourth bottom, I'd absolutely snatch your hand off. So we're doing beyond most people's wildest expectations.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I, I get that completely. Um We'll come on uh, to, to this current season shortly, but Critchley's doing a fantastic job. Um, you, you you've mentioned that you know you know your first game Division Four. You've been right down there with, with Rochdale. Are, are, are they some of your earliest memories supporting the club? You know, going there. You, you've mentioned with your dad, your uncle, sometimes your granddad. Old Division Four football. Glut of a punishment to keep going back,
2: but me.
1: I mean, to be fair, I was only eight, and I probably couldn't differentiate between watching Gary Lineker, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, and all that ninety, and uh, you know Dave Bamber and Mitch Cook in Division <laughs> Four. So um, no, but to be fair, my granddad did try and convert me to a Man United fan. After the game against Rochdale a few weeks later, he took me to Old Trafford and we went to um, Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. And Forest won, 1-0, Stuart beer through kick. And then a couple of weeks later, I went to Blackpool v Carlisle United. And we smashed them, Blackpool won 6-0. So obviously my eight-year-old right. logic, Blackpool, six goals, United got beat at home. Blackpool was a far superior team, so, since then, you know, Blackfield all the way. <laughs> oh,
0: that's, and how wrong could you have got it, eh, hey, buddy?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, though, and, and you'll probably relate this to yourself, I think what could you support, and I'll even like Preston North End, they right, like, like our bitterest rivals. They played Millwall yesterday. Millwall, Tuesday night from the North West, a hell of a journey. I've got nothing but respect for every single Preston fan that travelled
0: to that game. People that mm. support the local clubs go home and away. They're proper fans, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because I've done home and away every game bar one this year had COVID for Sheffield United away. Um, and me and my mate were talking about it the other day. We've, we've had a, a, something happen in our fan base at the minute. So we play Southampton in the FA Cup on Saturday away. Glamour tie, five thousand tickets sold out in half an hour, and you know you had a lot of people saying, "Oh, I deserve to go because I was at Forest Green away a couple of years ago." And I looked at it, and I've, I've done a little bit of maths, and I've got it on my phone still. So far this season, I've travelled two thousand three hundred twenty-six miles to watch Coventry City. I think I deserve a seat in that ground, uh, <laughs> and you're right, it, it, it's it's what fans do, you know. Me and something I've...
1: something very similar is happening with us. Um... We've got our rivals, again, as I say, Preston-North End. Earlier in the season, we gave Preston 2,400 tickets. Now, yeah, I'm sure, sure you went to Munfield Row this season. You know that it's not the biggest of the way ends. Yeah. The game before, we gave Preston Rovers 3,100 because the demand for tickets wasn't as big as playing Preston-North End with them being our rivals. There was a whole... That bit of mistaking from our fans, haha! <laughs> You've not got as many tickets, and then we gave our own fans an extra eight hundred in the opposite end of that stand. So mm-hmm. obviously Preston were fuming because we made it sound like it was a police issue. You couldn't like have more fans in it, and then we gave our own fans eight hundred more. Uh, now Preston have retorted with um, their big away end, that big five thousand pop. Yeah, they've only given us two thousand tickets. Oh. And they've halved it and give the rest to Preston fans. He very, very rarely fill their stadium. And that's not no. a dig. That's not a dig at Preston. It's not. Their stadium oh. holds twenty-four
0: thousand. I was in a stat earlier. I think they on average have forty five percent attendance.
1: Yeah, um, they get that... a very similar attendance in us. I think we both average around ten and a half, eleven thousand. There's not a lot between us.
0: And this is something I was going to come on. You mentioned rivals. You know, the northwest is a hotbed for football clubs. <gasps> we mentioned Manchester United already. You've mentioned Rochdale to an extent, Oldham, Salford, Preston, Blackburn, Burnley, Bolton, you know, Man City, Liverpool. I, I could go on, you know, some massive, massive clubs. So you're fighting for that catchment area. Massively so. You know, Fleetwood's ten seconds down the road from you guys. You you know, you, you're competing for that attendance, so I get it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <I> a <laughs>
0: well. This, this is what I wanted to get to because straight away you've mentioned Preston North End. are your biggest rivals.
1: Yeah,
0: I know Fleetwood. Are this sort of fairy tale, and I'm saying this in inverted commas. Um, you know, come you've been been funded and they've come through non-league and they've got themselves into the football league. Do you consider Fleetwood a rival?
1: Absolutely not. I know that they're they're nearer to us, like geographically than Preston, but there's no history there. We've played each other ten times. There's absolutely no history there. And without meaning to sound arrogant, I very much doubt we'll play them again. I mean, I'm not saying that we won't get relegated back to League One one day, but I do think with Fleetwood being such a small town, and I'm not saying a small club, I mean a small town, yeah. They only have a population of about twenty-eight thousand. Um, I just can't see them sustaining the level that they're at. The fact that they've got this far is counter yeah. a, a brilliant chairman in Andy Piley, who's actually a Blackpool fan, believe it or not. He <laughs> used to try he used to try and buy the club several times when the uh, oysters are in charge. But yeah, he's done an absolutely magnificent job getting Fleetwood from basically a part-time club to Being on the cusp of getting in the championship, he he did a really, really good job there. For me, I think that they've reached that glass ceiling. I've noticed in the past couple of windows they're selling off their better players. I think he's trying to balance the books a bit there. And I think that... I'll put it this way, I wouldn't be surprised if the journey started going the opposite direction for them. Sadly,
0: yeah, look, it, it was definitely an experiment and a bit of a gamble. And you're right that they're massively punching above their weight. Oh, fantastic!
1: Um, what they've done, unbelievable!
0: It, 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 it's really similar to you know something that we've got here geographically. So, the Borough, uh, just outside Coventry, a town again, probably 50,000. They'll never get anywhere near, near League One. I think they're National League North at the minute or National League South, one of the two. Um, and that would never be a rivalry because, again, it's like our little, our little brother knocking around, around the corner sort of thing. We'll always keep an eye out, make sure they're all right, but, nah, they're around there, We don't care about them. The thing with Fleetwood is, is and I don't mean yeah, this in an it's disparaging
1: it's... way, the only way that they were going to, get bigger was the longer the Oystons were in charge of Blackpool.
2: Mm. A lot
1: of our fans had started boycotting and not going to home games. And you had a few people go in to watch Fleetwood. Um, there was a, a non-league team just down the road called AFC filed. Yeah. They've had a ridiculous amount of money pumped into them as well. Again, another former Blackpool fan, David Hayform, who he, he tried to buy the club. Uh, <laughs> He ended up buying an uh, AFC Fyld. Um, He got them all the way to the Conference, and I think they just missed getting up to the Football League, and now they're in the Conference North. It's just the File Coast, which is obviously black to the surrounding areas. Uh, Fleetwood, Kirkham, where uh, AFC files based, Poulton La Fylde, places like mm-hmm. that. All that catchment area, and I'm not saying this to sound arrogant, it should be just Blackpool.
2: There's mm-hmm. no
1: real room for a club like Fleetwood Town and for a club like AFC Fylde. It's like having, and again, I don't mean this in a disparaging way. It's like having Salford and FC United at Manchester and Rochdale and Oldham all near United and City. You know what I mean? But again, but then, you've, you've obviously got affordability in the football because I've noticed that even in the Championship, some of the prices for away days are ridiculous and I don't think you should be paying more than 25 quid to get into a yeah. football game.
0: I've been Off- a third believer of 20 is plenty, especially for away games, no more yeah. than £25. The, the,
1: the away team uh, are getting charged more than the home team as well. Uh, oh, bad
0: that's a one naughty that is and uh, see I, I don't like the way cover doing it this year we've got categories for the first time same um, category a b c um and it starts at 20 quid 25 and then 30 for the max now again i don't agree with that we haven't got a um what's the word i'm looking for concession we haven't got many concessions neither so you know it's under eighteen, so a six-year-old is classed as under eighteen, so they pay like fifteen quid. You shouldn't have to pay more than five uh, five to get a kid into a game. I'm just having a look here. I, I randomly took a picture of all my tickets from the season of the other day. Where's Blackpool? There we go. How much do I pay? 23 quid. I'd pay for the for the game at Blackpool. I
1: think that's category <laughs> B for us.
0: But still, you know, that's that's great value. E- even if a Tuesday midwink it was still the school holidays. So you know, a lot of people could get up there. I think I think we did have a lot of car fans stay over in Blackpool for the for, for a
1: few. Yeah, days. I think with it being early in the season, well, obviously it would have been late August, early September, wouldn't it?
0: Over. I can't remember the last time we played you guys on a Saturday.
1: Me neither, uh, to be honest. Even the away game <sighs> on a Tuesday
0: night. The, the, the one thing that was when you guys got promoted last year, all car fans were on a wicked weekend in Blackpool. Can't wait. Fixture this comes out Tuesday, and, and my, my wife went mind me telling this story. Um, it was my wedding anniversary, be busy, <laughs> you know? and I, I wasn't going to come. I said to her, I was like, Look, love, no, it's fine. And she said, Don't be daft. Like, she was at work the next day anyway. She said, We'll do something at the weekend, get yourself up. Now, there's a reason behind this, and I don't advertise this very often. My wife is a closet Blackpool fan.
1: All right, okay.
0: She's got a family that live up there. I've had BB's and stuff. So when she stayed up, they took her to Bluefield Road. Um, and when I first met her, I was like football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who'd she support? Blackpool. What? Um, <laughs> and I remember going to the Hall to watch a West Brom versus Blackpool game with her in the away end. Um, and I knew then that you boys were mental. Great fans. Great, great fans.
2: Yeah,
1: um, we've uh, had the same off um, a lot of fans this season. Um, Fulham on Saturday. Saying the same, they were saying one, how respectful we were after obviously what happened,
2: yeah,
1: and um, two, how uh, even when we were one mil down, just non stop noise.
0: One thing I've noticed on a lot of forums this season, um, you know, championship clubs talking, it's who's the, who's the best fans you had at your ground, and it's Coventry, it's Coventry and Blackpool,
1: yeah, pretty much. I mean, right, right far. I think if you went on one of our fan sites, I think Coventry had come very, very high. I, I I was saying that I'm slightly biased because you're not going to believe this. I used to actually go to university in Coventry, so I, like, I, lived, yeah. I lived I lived, I lived in Coventry on and off for five years.
2: So, Important.
1: I went to games. This is how long ago I was at university. Um, your team, you were still playing at Highfield Road. Oh, don't. Um, um, Craig Bellamy, Bo Konjic.
0: Aloisi, Chippo. Oh. Oh. don't you, you're bringing it all back you're bringing it all back <laughs> all, 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 although you said that's Fat bellamy's name but i'll let you off <laughs> um yeah he's it, it, a name we don't talk about in the whole in country but yeah um poor you living in Carver, having to go and watch of your <laughs> that, 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 that they were the days though they were the days <laughs> excuse me um now at this point, normally I'd have AD with me. And AD is known for being the, the, the guy who loves the the shirts. That's why we bring it up. Um so so the next couple of questions, I'm I'm gonna have to try and do AD proud here. Um do you remember your first Blackpool shirt?
1: Yes, I do. Um, it was from the first season that I started supporting them. Um it is surprisingly Tangerine. <laughs> with a like a really big navy blue collar on it, uh, the old uh rose Lancashire rose crest with the seagull in it, which we don't use anymore, <gasps> mm. and a vo or Vox beer as the sponsor.
2: Ugh.
0: beer sponsors bring them back.
1: Beer sponsors on a kid shirt, definitely <laughs> <in> the nineties. <90s.
0: laughs> big collars. Tangerine, where does that come from?
1: It comes from Holland. Uh, basically, I think one of our directors uh, was watching the Dutch national team, and he was like, yeah, I like that, it's unique. Um,
2: That'll
1: do. <laughs> I think from like the 30s onwards, we took it. I think, because before that, our home kit was um, light and dark blue stripes.
0: OK. So
1: which we occasionally use as like an away or
0: a third kit these days. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ones that, that manufacturers love bring out, isn't it? You know, these centenary shirts and you know a hundred years at this ground or fifty years since this competition. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's good to see. It's good to see. Um I, I think you've got some cracking shirts this year, by the way. Uh, and I love Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I know that the, the home <laughs>
1: kit's a very marmite one a lot of people even our own fans some hate it and some love
0: it I'm kind of in the middle depends what oh, day you nice, get me man. on I, I'm a fan I, I like the shirt this season I think it's um, I think it's really smart I, I think
1: very, uh, very Holland
0: 1988 yeah I, what I do like I like the fact it incorporates the visit Blackpool and you got the Blackpool Tower and you know the seafront just just gives you that sort of um What's the word that you know, identity, yeah, you know, synergy
1: yeah. with the town and everything. And yeah. I think the council has uh, gotten to this now for the past three, yeah, three seasons. We've got Visit Blackpool on my home and away kit, and we've got um, Get Vocal, which is a, a local mental health charity, on the third kit. That's good. Oh, I, like, I, out of all the kits this season, I quite like the third kit mainly because it's got the um, old 80s badge on it which is if you think of nottingham forest's badge yeah basically nottingham forest badge but instead of a red tree it's a tangerine tower
0: job done simple effective i i I like it i I, i'm risking getting you know having you shout at me here but i I think an iconic kit for most non-blackpool fans it's the old Umbro, isn't it, with the wonga um, yeah. uh, across the front. <laughs> I hate it when a sponsor is what you remember about a shirt. But that was just, you know, obviously you were in the Premier League. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, the, the one that people remember the most.
1: <sighs> a bit
0: boring though, isn't it? Just, just an orange shirt.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't a fan of it. I think it was... Um that made it. We've had some awful shirt manufacturers back in the day. I mean, I think it was only since we've got new owners that we've actually got a, a shirt manufacturer that anybody had ever heard of. We usually <laughs> ended up with like Carlotti and bloody... You
0: are Cabrini at one point, didn't
1: you? We had Feeler when
0: we got relegated. Okay? Feeler, yes, you did.
1: We had Feeler when we got relegated, and nobody took advantage of that and had a big retro eighties tangerine tracksuit. <laughs> Absolute opportunity missed.
0: Massively so, massively so. But the, the, the kits are Puma now, aren't they? Have we got that
1: right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, the Puma makes some. We had some Puma kits a few years ago. Um, they, they, they do some good stuff, uh, which you know, uh, I like it when manufacturers, you know, think about the fans, think about the history, uh, and, and kind of incorporate that, incorporate that a little bit. Um, it, it, it's always a bit nicer. Um, I've got a shirt behind me at a minute. So this is our first season back playing in Coventry. So this shirt was produced to before that, um, and it's got the outline of the stadium yet.
1: I quite like Hummel. Hummel makes some good kits. To be fair, Hummel has been good for us. Um,
0: Been really good. And there's a lot of fan engagement as well, which is, you know, it's good. It it kind of gives us our identity back. Our away kit last season was uh, this red and black number, which harks back to our original kits uh, back in the late 1800s. So I like it when that happens. Anyway. Enough about shirts, let's talk football. Um, current season. So, as we sit here, you're 15th in the table. Um, coming off the back of a a brilliant couple of games, you know, beating Millwall at home and then going to Blackpool, uh, going to Fulham, sorry, and getting a one-door draw. Um, some winnable games coming up as well. Bristol City at home, obviously you travel to Coventry, Bournemouth at home. I think that's winnable. Um
1: it would be if they hadn't signed a virtual whole new squad yesterday, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how are you supposed to compete in this division when you've got teams oh, no. just shelling out about 50 million on 42 players?
2: <laughs> I know
0: exactly what you mean there. Um, but, you know, you, you want a good run of four, a um, c- couple of wins and, and you're there without mid-table. What's your thoughts on the season so far? You happy with 15th?
1: Oh, delighted, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, after the first three or four games, very, very worried because we were getting absolutely... We, score-wise, we weren't getting hammered, but if it weren't for Chris Maxwell in goal, like you say, we could have lost that game against you earlier in the season, comfortably 4 5 nil He was brilliant. He yeah. kept us in it. Um, we actually signed two right backs and started playing people in their natural positions Uh, things started going really really well for us Um, good results against teams that were not expected to Uh, I remember waiting for my dad outside Bloomfield Road got to 2 o'clock the day of the Fulham game at home and we'd not won a game at that point I had a look at their team I saw people like Mitrovic and Wilson and I was like, my dad got here and he was like looking at me and I'm like, why are we here? What's the point? We're mm-hmm. going to get absolutely mullered and uh, fair play, we won 1-0, um, games where we had some, got absolutely battered again, but we just managed to hang on for the win, uh, we were 2-0 down away at Bournemouth earlier in the season, managed to get a 2 all draw, uh, we were 2-0 down away at Reading, managed to win 3-2. Um, I'd say that's our one main attribute, um, we're very resilient, we never stop going, even in games where we've been two or 3 down, we've still been pushing to try and get a goal, heads don't drop. Um, up to October, I thought we had an outside chance of the playoffs. I think we were seventh and just outside the playoffs and goal yeah. difference. But then, um, I, I often say this on, on the Seasiders podcast, Blackpool are a little bit like a hedgehog uh, or a tortoise. Um, when it gets to winter, we just hibernate. We don't bother doing anything. We um, okay. just went on a dreadful run from November to early January uh, where I think we got two wins out of ten games. Mm. And people are starting to squirm a bit. I love like it because with the, the Wills and, and No disrespect, me me and 20 of the teams that I'm going to mention. Um, Barnsley look like dead men walking. Yeah, they're gone. Every credit to Derby. You're fighting for the Lions after the post deduction. you still got to think that it's going to be very difficult for them, especially after losing a few players in January. Um, Peterborough, they're looking very, very poor. Reading and Cardiff dropping like stones. I, realistically... Too much trouble. I mean, I look at the table now, and with 17 points from safety, I personally, I don't think you need 50 points this year. I think you'll need about 44, 45, and you'll be fine. So, yeah, with three or four wins away from being safe, and I'd like to think we'll get that by the end of February, beginning of April.
0: Yeah, like you say, you've got to look at it, you know look at the sides below. Yeah, Barnsley, dead men walking. If Wayne Rooney pulls this comeback back for Derby, it's the greatest escape ever. Like, yeah. No, no bones about it. Peter Bratt, again, not going crazy. I watched
1: them the other night on the sky against Sheffield United, and even though Sheffield United are a fair team, I, I thought they were very poor.
0: Yeah, but we went down there a couple of weeks ago, beaten four, 4 1. And even the goal they scored, it was a worldie, but we give them the ball sort of thing. It was, uh, they didn't look like they offered anything. Reading lost their last five. Cardiff, fair enough, they're looking at turning things around, but is it too little, too late? There's at least six or seven songs worse than you. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's the best way of looking at it. You've got some, you know, you, you look at that Millwall victory, that's huge in the in, in the um, scale of things with how close are on the table. Um, Crickley's got a lot of plaudits at the minute uh, for, for the work it's done. I remember when he was appointed, I was a bit like, oh, who is he? Where, where where's he come from? Um, do you think you can keep hold of him?
1: He's just signed a new four-and-a-half-year deal. Obviously, that means absolutely nothing. It just means if he goes, we'll get more money for him if he went before he signed the contract. Um, I think he's a loyal guy. I think that the fact that we've given him his chance in football, first-team football, should I say, Um I think we'll have him for at least another two seasons. I think that he genuinely wants to see how far he can take this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, in his first full season, he got us promoted out of League One. So, I thought i start with it. Yeah. second season, it looks like he's going to comfortably keep us up. I think he wants to see how far Going go in this. I, I hate it when managers call this project. Um, see how far he can take this seriously. When he goes, he'll go with every Blackpool fan's best, which is, we know that we've probably only got him for a year, two years max. And as long as he goes to a Premier League club, there'll be no ill will from most Blackpool fans.
2: Exactly
0: that, you know, football's a weird game, isn't it? There's no loyalty, um, so it's it's good to see that. Looking at your squad at the minute, you've you made some great transfers in the summer. I think Josh Bowler's got to be seen as one of the best transfers in the division so far this year. Um, I know there was talk that Fulham would potentially want to take him off your hands already.
1: Well, um, apparently on deadline day, we turned a £3 million bid down from Forest.
0: worth every penny of that, if not more.
1: He's got um, a year left on his contract. Well, he's got an option, which I'm sure the club will take up. Um If we've just got him until the end of the season and he goes for four or five million in the summer, fair days, we signed him for three in the summer. And if we get four or five million for him, thanks very much, Josh. Best of luck. Yeah, uh, great bit of business. That's what what we're going to have to do because we're not a club that's got a bottomless pit of money. Yes, we've got a fairly wealthy owner, but he said that he's not going to... Jeopardise the future of the club. He's a Blackpool fan, he's a lifelong Blackpool fan. He knows what the score is. If he sees a player that he wants that's within our means, they'll go and get that. And if we get four or five million for Bowler in the summer, then I'm sure two or three million of that will go towards a new player. And we've got a new training ground complex that's coming up, and that's not going to pay for itself, is it? So,
0: nah, of course. Um, I think the biggest question you know for anyone outside of Blackpool and I'm sure you guys were thinking the same your strike force last season was lethal uh, Ellis Sims what a player um,
1: yeah doing well at at heart though.
0: yeah is someone who I wanted Coventry to look at this season in all honesty um, you know not getting him back I think it's fair to say you guys were probably wondering where your goals were really coming from and then this little Northern Irish fella comes in Um against us looked very lively. I think he should have scored against us uh, in the one on day. Shane Lavery, just just how well has he done?
1: He's done remarkably well when you're considering that he's not played any level of English league football. He's played um, Northern Irish Premier League where I believe he was like a proper bagsman. He got like 30-odd goals last season. And yeah, it's a massive gamble. But, um, him, he was a full Northern Ireland international, so he must have had a bit about him. It's a gamble that's paid off. It's a shame, really, because he was banging form. And then he, he scored against Blackburn and a few minutes later got an, an injury. And he was missing for quite some time. He, he, like, did his hamstring. And since he's come back, it's taken him a little bit of time to find his rhythm. But uh, the last few games, he's looked more like his old self.
2: And
0: he does, he looks like a, you know, like you say, a proper bagsman. He he looks like a very, very good player. Um, You've also got um, Jerry Yates in as well. Um, Again, a very, very good um, striker at this level. I I think he may even be your top scorer this season.
1: Um, I think him and Lavery have both got eight each.
0: So that's what you want, isn't it? You know, two strikers scoring goals. Um And the one player that I, I was impressed with in the game was Keshi Anderson. Um, Brilliant
1: player. He's injured at the minute, sadly, and looking like quite a long-term one as well. I think he had a, a hamstring tear against uh, Hartlepool in the FA Cup. So, that was in early January and we're hoping he'll be back for late March, early April. Because
0: he, he looked like he was a bag of tricks. Um, yeah, you know,
1: he's a good player. He's, tell you what, he was the one player I wouldn't say I thought he'd struggle, but I didn't think he'd step up like he had done.
2: Because
1: hmm. in League One, he can he kind of drifted in and out of games. But I don't know whether it's because you've got a little bit more time and the ball in the Championship. He's, he's it's, just looks a different class.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I can see that. He, he does. He looks like uh, you know. It's quick. He's going to give people problems when he's running at the defenders. And, you know, and that's kind of what you want. Um, obviously, the, the, the game's coming up uh, against Coventry uh, next week. Half the reason, you know, we're having this conversation. You've said yourself it's going to be a completely different ball game to, um, to the game earlier on in the season. How could you see that game going as as we sit here on the 2nd of Feb?
1: Honestly, I, I know it sounds like a right cop-out. It depends what Blackpool turn up. If the Blackpool that played so well in the 2nd half, half against Fulham turn up, you could be in for a very tough time. If the Blackpool that showed up in the 2nd half play at Hartley Pool in the FA Cup show up, fill your boots. <laughs>
0: We seem to have this problem at the moment where we're creating chances but not finishing them. Um, we, we were aware of on Saturday um, and even, you know, Wilder said after the game, I don't know how we've won that game. Um, you know, but Borough fans all over social media saying there's been a robbery at, at the Riverside. Played, played QPR a couple of weeks ago. QPR fans saying exactly the same thing. Our problem seems to be that sort of clinical finishing now, obviously, when we played you at your place, we scored an unconventional goal. And that, and I think that, that's fair to say. Um, I've never seen so many phones come out at half-time trying to catch a goal just to see if it was handball or not. Um, what were your initial reactions at that point?
1: Fucking handball! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sit behind that stand. I'm at, I'm at the top of the uh, north stand. And yeah, everybody in the north was pretty adamant it was handball. Like you say, I was I was on the phone at half time having a look. Uh, <laughs> after the game when I got home, I saw the picture of the ball on his arm and face at the same time and like, damn what I'm like Then like, I thought about it logically, I was like, Yeah, but let's be honest, it could have been four or five before that. So mm. I won't I won't begrudge the result. It was just frustrating the way that the actual goal that won you the game happened.
2: Yeah
1: we've, we've learned a lot from that game I think the opening games of the season were the making of us yeah
2: no, no, no. we knew that we had to adapt
1: to the championship and the rough and ready style that it brings and how you're constantly pressed by teams so yeah although it was pretty painful viewing in the first few games of the season I think it was actually probably the making of us
0: yeah no I get that completely you know we, we had a horror time last season um, stayed up, you know, a couple of games to spare and this season we've really kicked on. and uh, obviously Blackpool doing something similar next year with, with a little bit of recruitment, you know, you, you've got the know how of the Championship I, I think you could be a real force to be reckoned with um, do, do you reckon you'll bring many down? I know it's midweek and it, it's a little bit of a trek down to Coventry we're in the middle of nothing
1: Well, as of um, last week when I was speaking to some mates that were going down to Fulham Apparently, because we sold out at Fulham. Um, we've sold 900, and that was as of last week. So awesome. I suppose if we get a good result at the weekend against Bristol City, that'll probably put another four or 500 on the gate. It'll definitely be about 1,000. And if we do well on Saturday, probably 1.5, which, again, for a Tuesday night, isn't bad.
0: Oh, 100%. I think we brought some amount up to you on the Tuesday night. But like I said, that was... In the summer uh, during the yeah. school holidays so you know it's, it's not a horrible February evening uh, in Coventry someone who who you understand this you've lived here it's not the noisiest places at the best of <laughs> times um are, are you coming down
1: yes I am I'm staying over at mate's afterwards because obviously uh, I won't be able to get the train home afterwards so yeah, no, be yeah. Bit, evening bit an... an evening in Coventry See if the dog and
0: trumpet's still knocking about. <laughs> Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately, they've knocked down the jailhouse. I've heard, so never mind. <laughs> uh, do you know what the dog and trumpet is? I know, a- oh, it's the HMVM point. Man, it was that next door. So, uh, look, I don't go out much. I'm a bit, of a- <laughs> I'm a bit of, a- I'm, a bit of a- I'm not going to lie. And look, I remember. I remember the days of hitting the Sky Dome, but 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 they're but they're long gone. They're long gone. Um. Let, let, let's reminisce a little bit. I, I've touched on, you know, your, your time in, in the Premier League. Um, you know, the, the football under Ian Holloway, etc. They have got to be up there with, with some of the highlights of being,
2: you know, a Blackpool fan.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously. Getting to the press weird. It's kind of a double edged sword with Blackpool fans. You are correct. Some of the best memories is watching Blackpool. Uh, will be that season but by the same token it's the thing that absolutely ruined us because
2: yeah, the
1: oysters has got all that money and we went from the Premier League to League 2 in five years with 90 million in the bank it's fucking hell but uh, mm. talk, talk it, I'll, I'll talk about the good stuff first before all of that nonsense <laughs> um, if you told me as a kid that I'd see my team do the double over Liverpool I want to believe you and that's something that'll live with me forever that victory at Anfield unbelievable stuff never thought I'd see anything um, we were tearing up against Man United at half time in the road and uh, if Peter Walton hadn't completely bottled and nailed on penalties we would have gone on and won that game
0: as a neutral I loved that season as a, a black in, in the Premier League because you didn't give a fuck he just went out to play football, you know. It, 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 Maybe we should it, have give a fuck, you know. Like <laughs> this is true, no, but it struck me that um Holloway's mentality was, yeah, all right, you'll score two, but we're going to score. We're going to come and score four. Um, Bloomfield Road was, you know, a, a, a brilliant Premier League ground because no one wanted to come there. Let's be honest. If you were used to Stamford Bridge and Anfield and St James's Park and all these lovely stadiums. Come to little old Blackpool. That must have ruffled some feathers.
1: I can remember um, when we were playing Chelsea. I think it was like for some reason all their players were warming up like behind our fans instead of down the opposite end. And it it was after England had, had done shite in the World Cup, wasn't it? South Africa. Yeah. And you had literally. Lampard, Terry, Cole, warming up, and you just have loads of Blackpool like yobbos, you let your country down, you fucking shite, <laughs> just like propaganda and stuff abuse during the World Cup, I went all the way to fucking South Africa, you could be fucking arsed, you're a fucking disgrace to the shirt. and it was like, you could see the lot. Like, no, lads, we're just warming up.
2: Yeah.
0: But, hey, but sometimes that's what you need, you know, being that 12th man without wanting to be um, too much of a, you know, a, a stereotype. Um, but but that, that season was a roller coaster, and I, I remember going into the last game, you had to go to Old Trafford and get a result. Yeah,
1: nice, easy game. <laughs> Away at the Champions.
0: Just, just what you need. And at one point, you were safe, weren't you, during we the game? Too,
1: we went 2-1 up. <laughs> um, yeah, the. Ri- I know I shouldn't really say this because it goes against the spirit of the game and everything. Man United had Barcelona in the Champions League final four days later, and they played a really strong team. And yeah. I was thinking, why? You utter sense, t- why?
0: <laughs> I remember thinking the same thing. Um, we'll get on to um, him shortly, but Ian Everett is a Covlad. lad. Um, I'm I'll not sure... It- yeah, I, I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, I, I, I love Evo. It, it's, he's a good friend of a friend of mine. So I, I've had the pleasure of his company a couple of times. Real nice chap. Um, and I know he was a stalwart for you guys. So I was gutted for him when he scored that own goal. Um, I think I remember
1: gutted. him doing um presentation night and him like doing like an interview at the end of it. And he was just apologising to everyone and crying and like, lad, it's not your fault. You dug us out of the shit. So many times that season.
2: Mm,
0: it, it, exactly that. And, and I think that's what a lot of football fans will forget is it's a 38-game season and I'm sure Evo, you know, was outstanding for... Everybody 30.
1: was gutted for him. Nobody in that away end because I was there that last, that last game. Nobody in the away end was slagging him at the end of the game. Nobody. What
0: went wrong that season? Was it mercenaries coming in like what i know comments came in at one point and
1: no nah, that was the season after um long story short our first choice keeper broke his kneecap mm. and um richard kingston garner's number one garner's only one because there mustn't be a better goalkeeper than him in Garner and he, he was a clown he was absolutely shit and I maintain that if he stayed up that season oh yeah. and then probably the fact that in January when we were eight we probably only needed like two or three reasonable signings um, we signed James Beattie on a free some Belarusian lad called Sergei Kornolenko who nobody had ever heard of and uh, Andy Reid he was about
0: Stone overweight. He's it, it, never been that good, has he? Um,
2: I, I, I'm just trying to remember, like you, that 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 side you had. I'll never forget you being top of the league after was,
0: after the first game. You after the winning Wigan. game,
1: yeah,
0: four 0 yeah. I, I, and I just remember thinking. That's brilliant, isn't it? That's absolutely brilliant. Little old Blackpool being top of the pile.
1: That game was actually supposed to be at home. But our stadium wasn't ready yet. So we asked for it to get moved. <laughs> which probably sums up everything under the Oysters. Yeah,
0: you're right there. Um, there's one thing that I forgot about. And I remember doing research for this to happen that season. Which is quite... Um, prevalent at the minute you guys were fined for fielding what the Premier League to be a weakened team Um, (laughs) yeah
1: despite naming a 25 man squad despite being in your 25 man squad yes we got fined for fielding a weakened team it was away against Aston Villa Um, I went to it, it was a 2-0 with about a minute to go and Villa got a, a last minute winner so, yeah, it was that bad a team. We nearly won at Villa away. And about, th- about three of them players ended up being regulars anyway. So,
0: And, and, and that's what I thought I meant. Though. It was just a bit like, <sighs> come on, you know. Like you say, you name your 25-man squad. Obviously, we're playing catch-up a little bit at the minute um, with, with games that have been postponed due to COVID. Again, we've had to name... Uh, a 23, 26 man squad, whatever it is in the championship. We've got academies. Why aren't you allowed to do that sort of stuff? That's what blows my mind. Um, I, I, and I know, I, I remember at the time, Holloway, you know, he was threatening to resign and all sorts over at you, you, you know, because Roddy said before thought it was bullshit. um When the relegation was confirmed, did you think, well, okay, we'll go back into the championship and we'll rebuild and go back up? Or surely you couldn't have seen the, the decline that then came?
1: People have always been very skeptical of the Oysters because we've never really spent any money. Even when we were in the championship, the season that we went up, um, our biggest signing was only half a million. We signed Charlie Adam from Rangers for half a million. Yeah and um, a director on the board actually funded that himself. It wasn't paid for by the Oystons, It was a Latvian businessman called Valeri Bellakon. And um, he actually paid for the south stand to be finished as well. So not only did he sign our, our star player that season, he also finished the stadium off. Um, so all this uh, myth that people talk about the, oh you weren't complaining about the Oysters when they got into the Premier League, it's a load of bollocks they didn't get us to the Premier League, Valerie Bellagond did um, the actual team that got us promoted Championship was probably better than the Premier League team because we had Seamus Coleman on loan from Everton mm. this was before he'd made his debut Yeah.
2: Um,
1: we had Barry Bannon on loan um, obviously, he's ended up having a pretty solid career. Um, we had DJ Campbell.
0: Oh, what a player DJ Campbell was, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, always seemed to score against Cardiff.
1: hate him. Stephen Dobby. Uh, he went back to Swansea. Honestly, that's like four of our key players from that season who ended up, well, apart from Adam, obviously, who ended up going back. So, our, our Premier League team was actually weaker than the team that got promoted from the Championship. If we had that team that got promoted, that played them two games against Forest, and played that game at Wembley against Cardiff, I'm pretty certain we'd have done better than we did, and we'd probably have stayed up, but that involves spending money, which we <laughs> didn't like to do.
2: No, th- th-
0: this is true. Um, your first season back after relegation, Obviously, Charlie Adam goes to Blackpool, uh, goes to Liverpool. Sorry, um, Barry Ferguson comes in. You got to the play-off final.
1: We did, and we absolutely rinsed West Ham that day. We just couldn't put the ball in the net. Although, in fairness, we did have a really big injury. Um, Gary Taylor Fletcher mm. was injured for the final, and I'm pretty certain again if he'd have played, we probably had have won. But you know, everything happened to the rumor at the time. It was gutting. Uh, I think we should build a big statue of Vazte outside of Bloomfield Road because uh, it cost the Oysters 100 million. What <laughs> the that?
2: <laughs>
0: well, well, that's what I was going to say. It, it then looked like the downturn happened from there. You know, starting the next season, Holloway leaves. Um, and I personally think you had two of the worst managers in the NFL history. Next, Michael Appleton and Lentz.
1: I think that's harsh on Appleton. We've had much worse than Appleton. Lee Clark.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lee Clark. Well, it, it, it 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 seemed to be a bit of a merry-go-round. You know, it, it it was a. I remember seeing a stat when you got when you finally got relegated to, to League Two, was that you'd had like. Was it eight managers in
1: three years? Something like that. I'd kind of checked out by then, to be honest. I mean, I I, started my last game watching Blackpool was the playoff final away at West Ham. Um, I'd stopped going to home games after that. I went to the other way game, but it it became patently obvious to me. I had no interest in investing money into that team. We could have gone up automatically from the championship that that season if he'd spent a bit of money. But he didn't and we didn't. So like I say, I mean it's it's all good now. He's gone. We've got a, a fan as an owner who's fairly well off. He's gonna build us a new training complex. I think he's gonna finish the stadium off properly. So away fans will no longer be in a, a tin shed with loads of pillars in the lake.
0: Hey, that's football. We, 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 we love it really. Um just got to touch on uh, you know a little bit of the oysters quickly. We all remember the process. We've we, we touched on the fact, you know, both our clubs have been through it. It was toxic at that time, wasn't it? You know, to, to, to oh, be a black yeah. ball fan and, and be in and around the stadium. It was toxic. Why did it take so long for him to go?
1: I've no idea. I mean, basically the boycott, it was um, an idea from the Supporters Trust, Blackpool Supporters Trust. You had individuals like myself and a few others that decided enough was enough and started boycotting. And uh, the trust did it as an actual organised boycott, like with a, a, its mission was to stop money going into the club, it was becoming patently obvious that the Oystons had no intentions of going or selling up. They were happy just to keep skimming off the top, which I can actually say, because they we were found guilty in High Court of doing that. So, hmm. no worry, no litigation's coming your way. <laughs> um, no, because that's what happened. That was another nice that did it. There was um, fans held up, our local newspaper, The Evening Gazette, which, with a quote saying, we are not thieves, from the Oysters, and he blacked out the word not, and it was on Sky. Yeah. so started suing supporters, and one supporters were getting sued, and we're talking not like chump change, like 20 grand to settle and not go to court. Blackpool is a very working class area. Twenty yeah. is a lot of money. For yeah. Um so yeah, once people were getting sued, kind of made it personal with a lot of supporters, and that along with the uh, Blackpool Supporters Associations, um, kind of uh, what are they called at the time? Uh, Blackpool Independent Supporters Association, which then became. The Blackpool supporters trust. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh,
1: They and and boycotts outside every home game. They'd encourage fans not to go in. They'd speak to away fans. Obviously, we're not telling away fans not to go watch their team. We'd never tell anybody to do that. You want to go and support your team, that's great. But if you're in the ground, don't buy any beer, don't buy any food, spend it on local areas that are obviously missing out on custom. Uh, a lot of the pubs and uh, food places around the stadium they were obviously missing out on match day interim with us boycotting.
2: Mm. we
0: got we went through something similar with, with our own so fair enough they've turned the corner a little bit and you know they've started backing the side but it took us going down to league two for that to happen um, Same. yeah it, it's weird isn't it um we we had a funeral for The club, you know, some fans carry a coffin to games. Um, we've been moved out, out of our stadium th- you know, th- three years we've spent playing in other club stadiums, which is just horrific. Um, you've still got the not one penny more crew, as they call them. Yeah,
1: um, that was us, not a penny more.
0: <laughs> we got to the checker trade final in 2017 and we had a Nike template kit, blue and white stripes, never no, forget it. And in the service station on the way down, there was loads of people walking around in just the Nike template. They didn't have the commentary badge on. They wanted to show their support, so they went to Nike direct and brought the shirts rather than from the club. Um, But for years, kids didn't get cough kits. You know, I still know fans now that will go to games and will refuse to drink in the stadium, refuse to eat in the stadium. Um, You know, we've got politics with the rugby club when you're there, you'll see there's a big Wasp's logo and everything else. And it's all a bit murky. It's all a bit annoying. But at the end of the day, we're back playing the That's the main thing. And I think one thing that was brilliant during that tricky time for ourselves and yourselves was other football clubs joining in and seeing that the EFL weren't fit for purpose and what they were doing and, and not helping. And football fans proved that as a family, you know, helped each other with protests and all the rest of it. So, it, it, it it's clubs like yourself that, as a club fan, we were so happy to see you come back up. You know, you know, like that Phoenix from the Flames. Um, you know, rising up back in the Championship, doing well. Um, I, I don't think anyone wanted anyone but you guys to win that Player Final last year um, for a number of reasons, but main. One was a pissle by the seaside, but two was, <laughs> but but two was you know just to see you kind of get back to where you belong. So um, just just trying to turn the whole oyster bullshit positive um, and and get going again. But like I say, it, it's brilliant to see you back up, um, and I, I really look forward to the game. Now talking about Coventry, you know we've got the Cov connection in yourself. You know you lived here. Um, my wife being a Blackpool fan, but we've had some players that have worn the sky blue and more the tangerine, including the couple in the current squad. Uh, Richard Keogh was a stalwart for us. Um, you know, we really like Richard. We, you know, played nearly 100 games for us before moving on to Derby. Obviously, he's coming to to, to you guys this season. H- how's he got on? H- how's he settled in?
1: By his own admission, he was shocking for the first few games. But that was purely down to not being matched fit. Mm. Since then, his Marvin Epiteta have formed a really solid uh, central defensive pairing. Uh, Crazy Uncle Richard, as we like to call him, is uh, on our um, official website on Tangerine TV. They always do little interviews with him. And he's like a mixture of Ricky Gervais and David Brent. Some of the stuff that he comes out is <laughs> absolutely hilarious. I don't know if he's being deliberately deadpan and weird, but nah, he's great. I love him. Um, some other players that are back in my day, I remember playing for both uh, Klaus Beck Jorgensen.
0: Oh, love Klaus so obviously. Klaus still still comes to Cov games, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was there. Um scored the first ever goal at the Rico Arena. Yep. Um he will he he'll, he'll, he'll dine on, on that for as long as he lives. And I, I vaguely remember seeing something, and you may be able to correct me here. Did you vote him the best ever foreigner to play for Blackpool?
1: I don't know. I know that he's in our Hall of Fame for the
0: uh, 2000s. No, nah, which is dead on. Um I I've been lucky enough to interview Klaus. Um and he's just such a lovely bloke. Um, yeah, he's very
1: highly thought of there
0: as well. Yeah, and I, I think it says a lot about him that everywhere he's gone, you know, we've spoke to Bournemouth fans about him, Bradford fans. No one's got a bad word to say about him. Although, I remember he signed for Fleetwood. I don't remember him playing many games from, but I remember when he signed for Fleetwood, I thought, oh, don't, don't upset the Blackpool, like, you know. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't have bothered you, us at all, to be honest. <laughs>
0: you were a hero that. Um, Andy Morale's another one.
1: Yes, legend.
0: Love Andy Morale. Um, yes. Again, over 100 games for us. Didn't score many, but scored some brilliant goals. Uh, bicycle kick against West Ham at Highfield Road was an absolute beautiful goal. Um, and obviously he left us and kind of went to south. We were a bit gutted. We we have this thing um, at Cove where even if you don't score many goals as long as you work hard, we like you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one thing you can say about Mozart is he always Absolutely. tries. Absolutely.
1: He was pretty prolific for us in League One. Um, him and Keegan Parker were pretty uh, yeah. key in getting us into the um, championship first time round. Absolutely loved Andy I thought he was a, like you say, really hard-working striker. And,
0: he scored a few absolute quality goals for a lot of time for around. Yeah, he, uh, again, an, another chap I've had the pleasure of interviewing. And I remember, and I'll never forget it, the first time he came back with Blackpool, he fucking scored. He, he was bound to, wasn't he? Um, but again, you know, lo- lovely chap, um, did really well. Um, there's, there's a couple of others that are a little bit obscure, and there's, there's one I really did want to touch on. And that was Jacob Murphy. Now, right. we, we had him on over a season in League One. Did really well, um, you know. But he will always been known for that Snapchat.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to lose again.
0: <laughs> like, as a fan, when that gets
1: leaked, what the fuck are you thinking? To be honest, mate, I, I was part of the boycott and I pretty much checked out by then. I was like, that's who we've got playing for us these days. People are joking about us getting tanked. That's
2: one. Well.
0: It's just mental, isn't it? Um, Danny Pugh another one who had a short spell with us. I know he, you know, back end of his career was with you guys as well. That, you know, good professional. Um, Stephen McPhee came from our academy and I know he ended his career with you guys.
1: Yeah, McPhee was unlucky with injuries at Blackfield. You could tell there was a good player in there, but he was just really unlucky with injuries. Whenever he played, he did look a decent player, but sadly. He ended up spending more time uh, in the treatment room than on the pitch. Uh,
0: and there's a player who is a bit of a legend of Carl, played over 150 games for us. Did, only played a handful for himself, but it was apparently we watched him playing for Blackpool and that's what made us sign him. That's John Fleck.
1: Yeah, it always amazes me when I see John Fleck, like when he was playing in the Premier League for Sheffield United. I was like, how? Because <laughs> <laughs> he literally did nothing for. Sometimes it works out like that. We signed oh. Stephen Craney from Leeds United and Leeds were like, worst left-back I've seen in my life. And he ended up being an absolute legend for us. Sometimes a player just fits a club, don't
0: they? 100%. We've got one at the minute. We've got Todd Kane playing right-back for us from QPR. And when we signed him in the summer, QPR fans were saying, oh, what are you doing there? Like, fucking out. He's a waste of space. He's a bit of a dickhead. Been one of our best players. And, you know, Proper pro, so sometimes that's
1: uh, all a player needs, isn't it? A fresh start, yeah,
0: exactly that. And I I, I make the same argument horses for courses, sort of thing. You know, there's some players that suit clubs. Um, how many times have we seen players be prolific at one club, move on, and they can't hit a fucking goal? Jordan Huger was a perfect example at the minute. Was at West Brom earlier on this season, couldn't score for shit, scored for Cardiff on his debut. It, It just seems to click. Um uh, and to be fair, there's a couple of players uh, that I'm going to mention. Again, one that you've currently got, Dujon Sterling. Now, I know he's only played a handful of games for you for you guys. Um, I'm known from Chelsea. We had him our first season back in League One, ever-present. Um, he, he knocked Jack Grimmer out, who was a fan favourite, scored in the playoff final for us in League Two, so... Bit of a rough start, but he was such a steady player. Uh, we wanted him permanently. H- how's it gone for you guys?
1: I think he's really unlucky that the guy he's vying for a shirt for is one of the absolute fan favourites at Blackfield, Jordan Gabriel. Um, we had him on loan last season from Nottingham Forest and on deadline day we ended up signing both Sterling and Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel's like He's a, a really, he's more attacking type of fullback than Sterling. I'd say defensively Sterling's better and offensively, I don't know what word he's, putting yourself about effort and enthusiasm. I'd probably just about go for Gabriel. He's, he's really unlucky. <laughs> like I say, the, the players that he's with us last season. He was part of the, the squad and the team that got us promoted. Uh, every time we'd win a match, he'd be giving it the big earn at the end, like jumping into the crowd and dancing with them. It's just one of these characters at the club that's uh, really highly thought of. But, yeah, to answer your question, I can see why Sterling is on the books of Chelsea. He's a, a very solid, very steady, yeah. strong, athletic, defensive full-back. And like I say, he's just really unlucky, but
0: um, Gabriel's playing the <laughs> same position as him. There's one other player in your current squad that has got this link, um, the bad boy that is Gary Medine. Um I know he's had a couple of spars with you, he had a couple of lone spars with us, but he, he seems to have kind of settled a little bit with you guys now. Is it fair to say he's probably third choice striker?
1: He's Gary Medine. Sign him on a three He's a goal machine. We love him. He's he's one of these players that's marmite. You either love him or hate him. And that goes for our own fan base as well. Um, Gary Medine does a lot of stuff. Ball. Gary Medine holds the ball up well. He's one of these players that is absolutely phenomenal in the dying embers of a game where you're one nil. <laughs> That will just take the ball into a corner, hold it up, do little keepy uppies, draw a foul from the defender. Um, he'll he'll take a penalty with absolutely right. This is going in the net. Whether the keeper puts a hand on it, and taking the hand off. It's going in. There's no like ceremony with him. He'll just absolutely twat it instead of place it. I like Gary Medine. A lot of our fans don't. I think he's good. I think it's good to have an old school. Number nine type centre forward,
0: an horrible forward.
1: Yeah, they're a dying breed. Um,
0: Yeah,
1: I like him. Um, Again, he's had his injury issues uh, this season, but he's actually featured a lot more than he did last season in League One, and he scored against Preston. So he's good in my book.
0: That'll do. Well, that'll do. Um, I've got I've got two more players I'm going to talk about. Both legends. Um, Well, this one is. Well, before both of our time, um, we signed him from Blackpool in 1972. Uh, Tommy Hutchinson, Um I don't know. My dad it,
1: always it, raves about him, so yeah.
0: It's a generational thing with Coventry, right? He played for us from 72 to 81 uh, before he went to Man City. And if you speak to anyone that watched Coventry in the 70s, Tommy Hutchison is the best player to ever wear a Coventry shirt. Now, obviously, it's much before my time, so I can't really comment. Um, but I know we played over a hundred games with Blackpool as well um, in, in a in a four or five year spell, so I I couldn't not mention him when we're talking about about the connections um, and the fact that you're saying your dad raves about him, you know, yeah. it it just goes to show how highly he was thought of at that time. Um, and the last player, there's there's been many that have played a couple of games here or there on loan for both sides, um, but there's one. And again, this is where you talk about someone who's I? My, my. We had him on loan, and I detested the bloke. I thought he was rubbish. I don't know how he'd ever had a career in the Premier League. And you've had him four times Nathan D'Alfonso. <laughs> oh,
1: good old oh, Nathan. Um, <laughs> Nathan D'Alfonso <laughs> a very decent League One player for us. Um, don't get me wrong, you won't get anywhere near our team now. But again, it's like you say, it's like sometimes a player just doesn't fit a certain team. Uh, he was a tryer. Always gave it 100%. And like you say, that's half the battle of fans, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got uh, a player that tries his heart out, forgive him, missing a six-yard sitter occasionally. Um, yeah, I thought Nathan, Nathan. Delphonso. So where we were... At the time, uh, served us very well in League Two and in League One, but yeah, probably get nowhere near
0: our team yeah. at the minute. Well, I, I was very intrigued to see that he signed for Bradford on deadline day. Um, Righto, yeah. he's gone on to to, to to Bradford. Looks like you know that's his level of League Two now. And to be fair, I wish him all the best. I, I know yeah, he, he's, he's knocking like... on a
1: bit now. I think he's like thirty-one, thirty-two now. So. Yeah. Half of his game was pace, so yeah. I was pace. that's just about the first to say, thing to go, isn't
2: it? I was
0: just about to say, the one thing I will say is he was bloody quick. Um, but he, when he was wearing a City shirt, and I don't know what it was, it seemed to be that he'd have this pace, he'd get, he'd get himself into positions and then go, oh shit, what am I supposed to do now? Um, that
1: sounds fairly
0: familiar. I thought it would be the case. Right, now we're going to the piece that the resistance of the Access All Areas pod. Um, everywhere you go, you talk about heroes, you talk about, you know, my favourite ever player. Uh, we like we to do things a bit differently and we like to get the worst players that have played for your club. Now, Oof, lot to pick from. Th- th- this could be a five-a-side team, this could be an 11-a-side team, but we want to find out some of these court heroes uh, you know, as they were. I think I know the goalkeeper.
1: Or a word sounding like cult.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, I'm not great at spelling. Um, I think I know the worst goalie to ever play for Blackpool. Um, Garner's number one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, Richard Kingston. Uh, I like the fact that he blamed his, his form on um, his ex wife, who was also a witch doctor that put a curse on him. <laughs> I mean, as far as excuses go, it's up there. Fair play.
0: So there, isn't it? Those... Oh, okay, I'll give you that one, mate. Um, d- Defenders-wise, d- d- there's got to be some that have left you with your head in your hands over the years.
1: Um, yeah, I can't really name anyone from the boycott era because obviously I didn't see them play. But you could probably pick any defender from 2013 to <laughs> 2018 and they'd probably all get in there. But uh, if I'm going to... Pick a defender from an era that I've watched, I'd probably say John O'Kane. John O'Kane. Yes, absolutely gash. How he was under Manchester United's book. Yeah. I,
0: I was just about to say I remember him from the late nineties, early two thousands, he was as a United squad player.
2: That's
1: Mansell. Yeah, Not not very good.
0: Um midfield wise again, you you've had this is what shocked me when I was going through and doing some research. You've had some absolute ballers over the years. Whereas Hoonahan was, you know, with yourselves. Legend. Charlie Adam, um, John Flack. of course I'm going to say John Flack. I love John Flack. Barry Ferguson, um, you know, the, the, the list goes on. Gary Taylor Fletcher, you know, some some great players, but, but some stinkers along the way as well. Um,
1: Midfielders, right? Um, you know Kenny Bellwink. You didn't have Paul. Paul Bellwink.
2: Oh. And Junior. Oh dear. Wow. What, what, what is it we saw in kids? So, you didn't know. So, that was all right. So, what was the other guy on? When
1: was, um, when was that? Uh, uh, sure, it was the early 2000s, very early 2000s. Um, all I remember about Rodal was, apart from him being shit, was he, sco- he actually scored the best goal ever scored at Bloomfield Road, something about 42, 43 passes. And of course, he just bundled it in on the line, like making a late run, but it was still... I think that's what made it funnier was Dal Gleach got the winner the, the final cut because he was garbage. And then you have Steve McMahon Jr. who Blackpool legend Keith Southern out of the um, LDB Vans final one time. Because Steve McMahon Sr. was the manager at the time. Nothing like a bit of nepotism.
0: Oh, this is terrible, isn't it, when you see that. I thought that only happened on Sunday League where the manager soon got a game.
1: Well, we had similar things with uh, Paulins and Tommins. Uh, Tommins was absolutely brilliant for us until his dad came and managed us. <laughs> then he absolutely ruined him. Absolutely oh, wow. ruined him. Touted him to places like Inter Milan. And, and I like that. And he ended up at Stoke. Yeah,
0: I, I remember that, you know, oh, he's, he's going to go far, and then it was Derby, and then it was Stoke, and then it was Huddersfield, and he's just signed for Reading, and you just think, what a waste. It's a like hole at one point. Just, he, he's a the arse end of everywhere, hasn't he, bless him, this poor kid?
1: Really, really yeah. good player, but his staff completely
0: ruined him. Mental when you, when you think of it like that. Um, and then, you know, we, we look at the heroes, the goal scorers. you know, we've touched on some legends, morale, Kevin Phillips, DJ Campbell, uh, Dobby, you have you, had some great strikers over the years. Um, Alice Sims, I've got—I've got to mention Alice Sims. You, you know, I, I thought he was brilliant. You've got to have had some stinkers up there
2: as well.
1: Yeah, um, I'll give you two. Um, Chris Malkin, who at the time was our record signing, for three hundred and seventy-five grand, which was a lot of money for Blackpool back in mid 90s and <laughs> it's like everyone's got this running joke that because we spent all that money on malkin put the oysters off ever spending money on a player again because he was that bad and another one which again on a, a not quite a similar it was a, a loan and uh, Andy Payton from one of our other rivals who were Burnley. Andy Payton was one of these players that always scored against us. He was, whenever we played Burnley, oh, Andy Payton's playing, he'll score them. Came to us, was absolutely shit. Didn't look <laughs> interested. Just shit. Um, <laughs> there was rumours that he got arrested as well previously, and that's why he got carted out. And apparently, he, he got arrested for being drunk somewhere. And uh, he went home and hid in a cupboard or summer. <laughs> so, apparently, after that, he got shipped out to Blackpool. And judging from his uh, performances for them five or six games, I think he was still pissed. He was shocking.
0: <laughs> there's, one, there's one player I remember you signing? And I remember the time thinking, "Oh, that's not a bad song then. And he made his debut against Kov Roman Bentner.
1: Roman Benner was probably just a little bit past it when we signed him. wasn't the greatest, but believe me, we had much, much worse. We signed Michael Chopra, and he ended up being shit. Oh sick.
0: shit! Yeah, forgot yeah. you had Chopra.
1: He was he he could have very easily made the cut in that team. We also signed Rob Robert Earnshaw, and he only played one game for us. Never,
0: never knew you had Earnshaw. Sure that that's, that's
1: exactly nice. that's how bad he was. I think he made one substitute appearance against Dalton,
0: and that was it. He was awful. There's so many players, like Loxia, when I was doing this, I remember that I I wondered if they'd come up, you know. um, You you had had some legends along the way, um, and I, I do wish you luck for the rest of the season, I really do, apart from Tuesday night. Um, absolutely fair that absolutely uh, fair Where I'll be honest I hope we give you a stuffing
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah I, I think it's going to be a great game of football two, two sides that love love getting the ball down and playing so I, I'm really looking forward to it uh, and, and I wish you, you know, like I say you guys all the best for the rest of the season um, where can people find you if they want to hear more ramblings yeah um
1: more Blackpool stuff Although, unless you're a Blackpool fan, God knows why. Uh, Seasiders <laughs> Pod, where I'm uh, one of the co-hosts. And if you want to follow me on Twitter uh, to give us abuse after you inevitably beat us at the Coventry Building Society Stadium, is it now?
0: Correct. Could Coventry Building Society yeah. Arena, that's the one. Yeah,
1: uh, follow me on Twitter at AdersBFC.
0: Adders, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and I really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, to talk some nonsense with me for a bit um again I, I i wish you all the best apart from tuesday night and um up the seasiders
1: no worries play up sky
0: Blues.
2: all the best pal wow. <laughs>